You sending the whoop? Shit, that's all you had to say. Get away from her, you bitch. Banana. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. You're not even interesting enough to make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density. You think I'm gorgeous? You want to kiss? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sending the Wolf. My name is Clark Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited to have you here. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend and your week is off to a great start. Um, Today is a really, really fun episode, a really fun episode that I think you guys will enjoy, whether you are a fan of classic cinema, new cinema, uh, and everything in between. Uh, I am talking about Bringing Up Baby with Zach Ogle. Zach is a producer and writer and director, and he is the co-host of We're Not Together with Zach and Haley on the Reverie Network. And um, I, I'm really, really glad to have him. So I met Zach, as you'll hear in this episode, doing a live read of a script uh, for Scripts Gone Wild, which is a fundraiser and a monthly fundraiser that we do here in Los Angeles and, um, uh, and sometimes goes out on the road to various film festivals. Um, and, uh, and ever since then, you know, we've been friendly and Zach had me on his podcast, and so I certainly wanted to return the favor. Um, before we get into today's episode, uh, Zach is going to be in another Scripts Gone Wild um, reading. He mentions it in the podcast. They are reading Kevin Williamson's script for Scream at the Elsid uh, this Let's see, Thursday, this Thursday, usually the um, the live shows are on Wednesdays, but this week it's a special occasion. So uh, that's going to be taking place in Los Angeles at the El Cid on Thursday, June 27th. Um, if you are interested in checking that out, you can find Scripts Gone Wild online, or if you're interested in donating to the cause, this month's reading is... Um, is going to be raising money for the Hollywood Fringe Festival, which is a great theater festival here in Los Angeles. It's where my musical Slashed premiered. Um, you can send um, money via Venmo to at Scripps Gone Wild. Okay, so Bringing Up Baby, this was the first time I had seen Bringing Up Baby. Um, and, you know, I think you're going to hear in this episode, I, I really actually learned a lot from finally watching this movie. I, I learned a lot about the modern rom-com. I didn't realize how many of these conventions actually still make their way into romantic comedies now. And, um, you know, I, I had never seen Cary Grant or Katherine Hepburn in roles like this before. So we're breaking that down. We're breaking down physical comedy. And um, at the end of the day, per usual, it always comes back to Sandra Bullock. So we'll we'll, we'll bring up Sandy as well. Um, and uh, once again, don't forget, Zach is the co-host of a podcast called We're Not Together, which is a Reverie original podcast. Podcast, and his co-host Haley Manrique is going to be on the show um, in the next couple of weeks. So I'm excited to have her on as well. Alrighty, friends, here you go. Here is Zach Ogle talking about bringing up baby. Well, I'll go ahead. I've pressed record. <laughs> so 
Don't tell me any of your secrets. Oh, no, not yet. Or you can tell me all of your secrets, whatever. Whatever. Pretty open book over here. Yeah. You've been on the show. That's true. Same. <laughs> same Z's. Uh, yeah. Not a, not a whole lot of secrets, but I'm really glad. I'm so glad to have you. Yeah. I'm really happy to be here. And I want to tell our audience, um, you and I met doing a drinking game live read yeah. called Scripts Gone Wild. Yeah, super on brand for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's such a, it's a really fun, um, it's a fun thing. That we do here in Los Angeles. Some shows are better than others, I will say. <laughs> oh, I've told Dave and Billy Ray that also. Uh, but um, we did Mrs. Doubtfire. It was so good. It was so good with Henry Zabrowski playing Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm -hmm. And it was just, um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I want to say, um, I think the next one that I'll be doing is Scream, I want to say. Oh, cool. Yeah, which should be really fun. That's I, yeah. I love that movie. And um, it is interesting, though, because have you ever been to one or been a part of one of those where um, they do a more serious movie? Oh, no. Like, for instance, I was supposed to do uh, Poltergeist. Okay. And, and, um, which they did a couple of months ago back in October, and I got legitimate laryngitis. And I was oh. not only that, going in like three days, days to shoot my very first feature. Okay. And so I was like, I have to have my voice back. Mm -hmm. What's happening? And I had never gotten laryngitis before. Mm -hmm. And it was, so I, I felt awful, but I, I hung out, I hung in there until the end. And then I told Billy Ray, I was like, I, I literally have no voice. Right. And this was also one where they had to move the location. So there were no mic setups. So you just had to project. Yeah. And oh, so I, I had to cancel at the last minute. Yeah. I felt really bad. But I was curious because, you know, I love Poltergeist and it's a lot of fun. But it's also not a silly movie. No. no and no. neither is Scream. Now, Scream is a witty, great, cool there's script. There's jokes and it's, it, 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 yes. there's a level of camp for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think with horror you can do that. I, I imagine like a really serious movie about like... I don't know, like something, somebody, like if, if any character had a drinking problem, like you <laughs> Right, um, no. Could be really bad. Um, I feel like you could have a lot of fun with the medium in Poltergeist, though. Mm -hmm. You know, if with laryngitis, you could probably pull that off. Like, <laughs> some people have trouble getting over to the other side. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah. And to be fair, he had given me uh, Carol Ann, so I, oh. I had a minimal amount of lines, I think. But even still, I couldn't have even... She spends I, a lot of time on the other side. She yeah. does. She sure <laughs> does. Um, but, um, but yeah, and then I, I went on your podcast with Haley. Mm -hmm. um, we're not together. Yeah. And um, you guys have been doing that. You're in your second season now yeah 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 we we've started recording we kind of like piled up a bunch of episodes kind of almost a year ago today even wow. um and then we started releasing in january uh and so we really had 10 episodes of the first season and we've been recording more and more and uh it's been a lot of fun we just uh released an episode uh with uh gay porn star bo banks it okay was really fun got a lot of like behind the scenes sort of stories and uh yeah we've we've had um Sex educators on the show, um, like you know, like bisexual people, um, kinksters, and then just you know, as we usually do, we have our straight of the week, which right. is always fun. Um, yeah, and it's just a good time. It is. It's yeah. a. It was a great time, and uh, I highly recommend for any any audience who's curious to to give it a listen because it's a very fun. It's like an educational but funny and fun yeah. environment. I think it's also. I think uh, it's great because I, a lot of um, gay or queer media is is you know, strictly for gay people, mm -hmm. but I mean, we want something that's pretty like open and, and, and for people who are curious, who want to learn something and don't really know how to ask. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's for all those questions that you, 
about gay sex that you always <laughs> want to know, but we're afraid to ask. Sure. Yeah, it's like that, you know, that Woody Allen movie. Yes. Well, and <laughs> um, and I also I'm going to I don't know what date exactly our this episode is sure. gonna gonna post, but Haley is coming on the show, and I'm curious just before we get into your movie, how did you two meet? We met in school at Florida State University. Okay. Yeah, um, we were in the film program. She was a year above me, um, and the they they have all the the classes pretty close. It's only like a 30 student program. It's oh, wow. very tight. Um, uh, very like selective, uh, program. Um, and like the, the younger year works on the older years, um, like later movies. Got and it. You kind of, you, you, uh, you kind of build strong bonds and we really started hanging out though when we moved out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started doing the podcast because I just really want to do a project about a lesbian and gay friendship because mm-hmm. I haven't seen that before, mm-hmm. like for some reason. Because, uh, you know, gays or lesbians are always the side character. They're a supporting character mm-hmm. or they're there for a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then there's this other thing about gay people and lesbians not being friends, mm-hmm. uh, which is totally false and so weird. So, yeah. yeah. And then we just started talking and chatting and thought, this is really fun. Let's do this. Let's just do this on... Uh, on the on the air. Well, not on the air, but yeah, you know, yeah. That's great. That's great. Okay, so and you and Haley both, uh, which I thought was very amusing, <laughs> picked um, picked gave me a lot of gave me older movies like yeah. that. I and which was which is great. And uh, we're talking, we're doing bringing up baby today. Yeah. And I have so many questions no. um, for you great. because this was this is actually my first time seeing this movie. Really? Yes. Oh, that's so great. I'm excited. And um, it's funny. I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I did go to film school and studied film and theory and all of that. But I was, I, my professors showed so surprisingly little American classic, classic cinema. Really? I think it was because at the time, um, they were like the second wave of film students. Uh-huh. And so they, now that they were professors, were teaching, uh, didn't want to teach American classics because that's probably all they all were they taught. Got. I get exactly. That. And so I, I studied so much and my professors actively showed us French cinema and Asian yep. cinema and stuff like that. And so... Very, unless it was like a noir class or sure. Hitchcock class, mm-hmm. we did so little. That's so fun. Uh, just speaking of French cinema, when I was, uh, the first year that I was in school, I hadn't gotten to the film school yet uh-huh. right away. Um, so I, I, uh, I was just taking a lot of film classes and I took history of film and French cinema at the same time. Oh, and wow. And of course, uh, film was invented in France. So yeah. the first couple of weeks, it was just the same course back to back. So I did know to wait, where to uh, close my eyes during Chien d'Andalou. Uh, <laughs> yes. but, but otherwise, it was a lot of people watch, riding bikes for a while. Yes. <laughs> and like kissing. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's um, So this was really fun, but I am a big fan of Catherine Hepburn oh and I'm a big fan of Cary Grant. What a queen. Yes. Both of them, really. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say which one. Which one. Well, and this is such a loaded it I mean Cary Grant specifically is such a persona um a fascinating persona and uh one of my favorite movie stars um because he all the things I believe all the things that were said about him still are true he is classy he is handsome he doesn't take himself too seriously he's ridiculously talented and um you know but but there's always there's something about being that kind of movie star Mm -hmm. Um, 
And in this movie, he has fun with that. Yeah. Even like, though it's early in the career. Yeah, I like seeing him in a less than dignified role. Yes. Um, being that gawky sort of guy who's just always dropping something. It's it's so he's so good at it too. Like the, the physical comedy in this is is top notch. And boy, is there a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, like right off the bat, they're doing uh, a car stunt. Yes. He's, he's just driving off and he's on the side just holding on for dear life or or they're uh, holding on to each other while a brontosaurus skeleton <laughs> falls or, you know, or just, just pratfall after pratfall after pratfall. Yes. Um, I am curious how much of their own stunts they did, to be honest. Yeah, I was looking, actually. Yeah. So like especially towards the end when they're up on the hill and yeah. they both fall down, fall down the hill, it looked as though it was one pretty seamless take. Yeah. And it looked – but then again, you think like, really? Are you throwing – are Catherine Hepburn and, and, and Cary Grant – Just tumbling down hills? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that seems a little dangerous. I know. But then again, uh, they were working with that panther – yeah, the, yeah, the jaguar. Yeah, I, I was like, whoa. I mean, that was that was also one of the things where I was looking like, no, that's a real. That's, he's there. He, yeah. yeah. I, I was reading up about this earlier, but apparently, put like they had to use a lot of like pheromones and stuff just to get them attracted to the the panther. That sorry, the jaguar attracted to uh, them. Yeah. Um, and it also when they're cuddling with the thing or it's playing with like Cary Grant's legs, like I just want to wrap my arms around that like that little guy. It's. The cutest, cutest animal. If I didn't think it would maul my face off, <laughs> exactly. I would have one. Well, and there's yeah. a scene where he's playing with the dog too, mm-hmm. where I was just like, uh, <sighs> how many dogs were in this film? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it made me really nervous. There's a lot of animals in this movie. Too. Yes, there are. There's a whole scene where they run into uh, chicken and and, and yes. duck truck. Like the animal handlers must have had a heyday working on this. Oh my god. Yeah, and I, I so so tell me about the first time you oh, saw this. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I was introduced to the, like this kind of screwball comedy in high school when okay. my teacher put on uh, Philadelphia Story, mm-hmm. and I was just like in love with that because um, that has, I mean, as these two, and then and then Jimmy Stewart uh-huh. on top of that, and like. All of the mix-ups, like uh, some beautiful, beautiful speeches, um, and I just, I just fell in love with them. And then, I think they had mentioned bringing up Baby, and I, I hadn't watched it for a really long time. But then at film school, actually, they had just a really wide library, and so mm. I just checked it out one time, and I, I just fell in love with it, and then I nice. bought it. Um, yeah, because it's just, I always think of it as like the screwball comedy. It is, it has. I, I took a. Um, uh, tally of all the mix-ups and misunderstandings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many think, do you think there are? 38. Yeah. Oh, there's, I counted 27. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, 38's I, a lot. That, was, yeah. that is a lot. I'm sure there, there, there's plenty of double-ups that I didn't count where like, yeah, but. It felt like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I will say I was surprised at how much, how much antics take take precedent yeah. over like not to say that there isn't a story because there is a story right um but there it's just gag after sequence after bit yeah. and it is a lot it's of a lot. stuff and it also led me to think about start thinking about you know like putting this stuff on film uh-huh. versus having it on stage. Oh, yeah. Um, because I come from a theater background. Mm-hmm. And um, not to say, I mean, film has always been my passion, but I did a lot of theater mm-hmm. and saw a lot of theater. And um, 
it's interesting when you're doing these high energy, uh, frantic's the wrong word, because this isn't a frantic movie, no. but it is like an active it's movie. It's big, it's theatrical. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, obviously as film is coming into its own, yeah. you know, there is that blending of vaudeville and, right. you know, so many of our favorite movie stars come from vaudeville. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of unescapable on the screen. But, uh, but I did feel like some of this, I was like, wow, is this a... It, it feels like a stage play in a lot of ways or a farce in a lot right. of ways. Oh, it's very farcical. Yeah. For sure. um, there's a, there's that, and, and it's also just a lot of long takes, yes. a lot of wide, long takes. And then occasionally... <laughs> Rufus. Rufus! Rude! Oh, he hears the FedEx truck oh, or something. Rufus, stop it. Hey, buddy. Okay. It's okay. Come here. <laughs> Hold on. You Working the time. I Smart. Don't, I don't cut mo much, but Rufus, if you... Yeah, if you throw a little tantrum in the middle of our recording, mm. then I can't use that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it does feel farcical. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just a lot. I was I was surprised. Yeah. Was that was it too much antics for you? Well, I will say the what that it's not that it I don't think it was that it was too much antics. I will say though, and this is maybe controversial opinions. Uh. Um I really didn't like Katherine Hepburn's character. Oh, no. I didn't, because she's just a mess. She just causes problems. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. I understand, like, playing a character and, yeah. and playing a big, broad character. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot. I was just like, this is, it was exhausting. It yeah. was frustrating, you yeah. know? I think I love just her glibness and mm -hmm. just how, cavalier she is about literally everything and nothing really matters to her and I think there's a certain charm to that like I love the lines I think running into this person in real life yeah that would be a, a nightmare but I the, what, the, what almost right away there's that bit where she he's like he, he's he's in the parking lot she's like stealing his car <laughs> yeah um and then on accident I guess uh, and then He's like, well, I'm just trying to play a uh, round of golf. Like, well, you, you you choose the most uh, strange places. This is a parking lot. Yeah, right. Like, she just never gets what he's putting down. Yes. It's so fun. Also, how hard was it to steal a car in those days? This is, I wrote that <laughs> down. I was like, why do they keep being able to steal everybody's it's, car? It comes up several times <laughs> in the movie. It does. It really does. Well, I will say what something that is interesting to me, too, finally coming back and seeing this movie, because I do think that there is something to be said for the type of, like, the the older screwball comedies that are very zippy dialogue. Yeah. And, you know, you see there's a handful that have come out over the last 20 years that you see kind of um, compared, right? So, like, Two Weeks Notice is one that uh -huh. comes to mind where I read a lot of – I just rewatched that movie and then I went back and reread a bunch of reviews and the chemistry between the two of them and the, you know, office setting yeah. is, like, feels very reminiscent of this type of movie. Yeah, okay. But it is not, it is not as screwball as something like this. Yeah. And so I kind of found myself thinking about like um, some of the comedic roles or romantic comedic roles that Anne Hathaway plays. Sure. And I don't necessarily enjoy those as much. Mm -hmm. Or may also when Jennifer Lopez is doing like broad yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Cause I actually think that both of those women are very talented. Right. Um, I just don't know how funny they are. Right, I agree. Um, I also think, no I agree cause I tend, people tend to put like Anne Hathaway in movies like The Intern or something like that where it's just a movie about white people who are good at their jobs <laughs> and like 
yeah, what's, you know, right. what's the point? Although I will say Made in Manhattan, Jennifer Lopez is pretty damn good in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie is wild. Like, I, I think, I'm, like, <laughs> I think it, it, you'd be kind of hard pressed to really give a, a, like a quick synopsis of it. Yes. Um, I feel like you'd end up being like um, Stefan on <laughs> SNL. Like, this movie has everything. There are two leopards that have escaped. There yeah. are, like, uh, Calvin Hepburn wearing wild outfits. <laughs> yes. uh, everyone ends up in jail at the end. <laughs> it's actually a great point, and you're absolutely correct. Um, yeah, well, so here is the other thing. This is, a, you know, I, I am familiar with Philadelphia Story. Mm-hmm. I am familiar with some of these other... One of the year, yeah. Yeah, like some of these other screwball comedies. This one, I did not know what it was about. Sure. So I didn't read about it beforehand. Yeah, right. I, I like to go into movies just sort of sight unseen mm-hmm. if I can. And so... When it started and, you know, Cary Grant is standing with a giant dinosaur skeleton and I was like, hold on, what? Yeah, what is I was happening? like already yeah. off the bat. And then I realized, oh, baby is not a person. No. Baby is an animal. It's an animal. And then I was like, whoa, this of all, th- if you had said to me, Clark, what do you, take a guess. What do you think <laughs> this movie is sure. about? I would, I, I would never yeah. have come close to not it. Not even close. No, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's so wild from A to B. Like, babe, when is baby introduced? At what? Like, it's like, I'd say a third of the way mm-hmm. through, yeah. if not almost halfway through. Right. There's yeah. like a new plot element every yes. fifteen minutes. Yes. Yeah. And and so where does this um, in the in the pantheon of like Catherine Hepburn movies? Where does this stand for you? Oh, what do you mean? Like, well, like um, uh, like so she she's obviously um, you know, an iconic figure. Yeah. Is this your favorite performance of hers? I think it's like up there, just because again, similarly to Cary Grant, I love that. Like she's always this, you know, dignified, you know, woman, and she's still playing a very rich woman. But I, I right. love her being, like, such a cartoon character. Yes, um, it feels so different, um, and, and I think also because she tended to have a, I don't know, like a reputation of being hard to work with or something, and mm. I like seeing her be just goofy and silly. Um, yeah, she always feels very cool to me. Yeah. And in this movie, she's not cool. She's not. She's dropping things. She's constantly falling yes. over things. I think. Um, you know what it is? I think the olive scene made uh-huh. me just fall in love with her. I don't just her little like. Uh, well, oh, you do. Oh, I know what you did. Oh, oh no, but you cheated. No, here we go. And then and mm-hmm. one, two, and and just the again the glibness of like, oh, what, what to sit on my hat? No, to drop an olive or whatever. And right. She's just so charming, and I just I love that. And you're right. She is a mess. I don't yeah. know why I fall in love with her every time I watch this movie, but I totally do, and everything works for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was. Um, uh, yeah, it was fun to watch her do something different for sure. I feel like if it was like if Kate Blanchett did a movie like this. Yes. You know, like I don't know what I would do if I saw her in this like crazy manic kind of like, yeah. you know? That's so funny because she also played Katherine Hepburn right. too. Yeah. I could, I think she'd be awesome in a super silly role. Yeah. That would be great. Wow. Now I would I'm like all, to that, see now her. Now that's all I'm thinking about. Yeah, I would oh. like to see that too. I also, so, and then Cary Grant, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one thing, before I get to Cary Grant, one thing yeah. I wrote down about Katherine Hepburn was um, that she was 31 in this movie. Really? And I, I bring that up because it's like, okay, she was 31. But at that time, that wasn't young. No. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this, and she, she, so this is a type of character that, 
for me, if this movie were made today, I would feel like it would be played by like a 20 year old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some like goofy heiress who is so kind of removed from the reality. I could see young Anna Friel doing this. Sure. Yeah. But I'm trying to think who would be today. Who would be, yeah. Yeah. Like I was trying to think about, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe, like I said, maybe Anne Hathaway 10 years yeah. ago. I don't know. But nonetheless, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I was also reading, you know, that she had this reputation about being box office poison yeah. and how uh, upon initial release, the movie was kind of not successful, yeah. but then upon TV, getting a hold of it. They were really trying to change her image, for sure. Yeah. I think pairing her with Cary Grant was a big part of getting people into the box office. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, um, so yeah, and then, of course, Cary Grant. Yes. So Cary Grant, um, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, this was another role where I wasn't used to seeing him be kind of a nerd. Yeah. And and it's not that it didn't work for me. It just was, it was like, oh, this is so weird. Mm. This is not like, you know. They do the full, um, oh, you look better without your glasses thing with him. It's the, actually the whole thing is kind of a reversal of the standard, like a guy following a girl around. Yes. Trope. I, and I love that. Like it's a girl essentially kidnapping a man. Um, and then like taking his clothes, like all this. So he just has to stay and has to be around her. Um, and it's like, it's kind of charming, but also if you really break it down, like, wow, this is, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I also realized I, how many times there were just jokes about Cary Grant, like hitting her or, or almost are going to, or stomping on her yes. toe. I think it's like three or four times, but I just like that. Did, I totally missed that for some reason. It didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Um, which was, yeah, it was weird. I don't know why I didn't notice that before. There were a couple of like strangly motions mm -hmm. that I noticed. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the old, like, uh, Bang, straight to the moon. To yeah, the moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Will not fly. But he, um, yeah, it's a, he, uh, you're right. It is funny to see a movie that is, um, the woman sort of like, you're not going to like the woman as Pepe Le Pew. Kind yes. Of, you know, Yeah, that's a perfect, that is a perfect analogy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, and especially somebody like Cary Grant, too, who is so, you know, such a ladies, ladies yeah. man. And, uh, but so, like, you know, suave and cool. So, and just not doing that at all in this no. movie. Not once. No. Yeah, he... He's like constantly like mumbling and like oh well no oh, well no I'll wait and then yeah he it's like has no machismo and it's so funny yeah um, I love also how cold they make the fiance yes um, like won't kiss her him in, in public or maybe even at all they're not gonna have kids they probably aren't gonna have sex or anything um, they both forgot the weddings tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> um, they're just it's amazing yeah this is a setup for success yeah. for sure oh it's like and it's purely a like a, uh, like it's for it's a marriage for his work, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. Even though they're apparently just done now. What do you, you mean? know? Like it's they got the last bone. I don't. Oh, know oh, what, yes, yeah, yes, like, yes. So, also, I don't know how that works. Is that I would assume they'd get all of the brontosaurus in one place, right? Yeah, you know, like you'd think that, and then or or they're just sort of like leaving a space sure. for the clavicle bone. Yeah, it I looked pretty done to me. It looked mostly done. <laughs> yeah, I, that was. I will say at the very, very, very end with the bro, with the with the skeleton yeah. or with the bones, and and she she just she's just <laughs> like. You know, blah 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 blah, ah, and then he's like, "Oh God, please be careful!" And she's like, Whoop. "Oh, better climb over the skeleton." I mean, and then it just completely collapses. I was just like, 
what is happening right now? <laughs> like, I, I understand. It's just this character that cannot be bothered to see outside oh, of no. herself in yeah. any way. No. Um, and, and I just was like, wow, this is, this is just, that was the final, the final, like the straw that broke the Barontosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. He really knows how to pick them. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, let's talk about, um, I would love to kind of pick your brain a little bit or see how you feel about, you know, the, the movie star-ness of okay, this. Okay, yeah. Because I think that there is something, you know, this is a movie from 1938, which mm. also I didn't realize how old it was. Yeah. You know, for some reason, I guess I thought it was 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but, but something about watching these two together in... No matter if, like, for instance, for me, if I liked the characters or didn't like the characters, mm-hmm. you can always watch movie stars doing something. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that that, even though the movie wasn't, like, a big success when it first came out, mm-hmm. I do think that that's part of the reason why this movie endures. Yeah, it really is. I, I think a lot of it is just seeing Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn again, like, together. Yeah. I, where does this land in? Was this before or after Philadelphia? It was, it was before, before. Yeah. but not much earlier. Because no. I want to say um, Philadelphia's story was nineteen forty yeah. mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, yeah so mm-hmm. it was really close. Yeah, yeah. I think just I think something about just seeing them together is just is there's a little magic there, mm-hmm. and I think you just I, I, I have the time when I was making writing my notes down. I forgot what their characters' names were, and I was sure. just writing like K H and you know right. You know, um, I think yeah, it's Susan and David or something like that. Whatever, it could be, it could be anything. David um, Bone. David Bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, they 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 forget what their names. Exactly. Also, they are so bad at keep hiding secrets. It's insane. Yeah, they cannot get on the same page. Even to they tell each other, "Don't tell anybody who I am." And then she says, "This is David Bone," and he's like, "No, I'm not." Oh, right. Uh, I mean, yes. I what? And then, yeah. Yeah. Can like he's they're the worst at keeping secrets. Yes. But um. Yeah, and I guess I I didn't even consider the, the idea that like, wow, this guy's a mess. She's a mess. These are terrible people. I was just like, <laughs> oh man, look at the funny people no! doing funny things. That's great though. That's totally legit. Yeah. That's a legit like, uh, yeah, because they are and they are funny and they are charming and they're effing movie stars. The movie stars. You know, so like, yeah. what's not to like? Yeah, like, just just the glitz and glitz. And every time they cut to a soft filter of Catherine Hepburn, you know, just. I, a bit of like part of your heart melts a little being bit. Being gorgeous. Just, yeah, just being gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, so, so I forget, remind me, did you say that this was your favorite movies or w- your favorite movie or one of your It's favorites? definitely one of my absolute favorite movies. Okay. Yeah. It's like, I, I think I write a lot of um, like kind of farces and kind of um, not to this level, but I do a lot of um, somebody in the wrong place at the wrong time sure. has to keep a charade going sort uh-huh. of things. And I think like this and, and other movies like it are huge inspirations for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Is there, um, is the, so, cause in talking about this in talking about the comedy of it, like, is there something, is it the mix up that is the most intriguing to you or what do you think? Like, uh, like I'd love to break down the comedy a little yeah. bit. I think I love seeing how far someone will go to maintain um, face or a lie or something. Mm, now that's you know? interesting. And and because it, it's because I think that's also like I love why I love shows like the IT Crowd or something like that mm-hmm. or Always Sunny or something. Mm-hmm. Like um, just seeing somebody stuck in a situation they made themselves, and it could be so easy to have just said, "Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm actually 
I'm not in line right. or something like stupid or or um <laughs> or like actually um or they could have just said Anne Elizabeth your leopard came today at any point in the movie yes. but instead because there's a few complications but I think everybody would have understood anyway um they just keep it going. Yeah. It gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And I love that kind of snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing everything blow up in a character's face is really fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, now that you mention it, the idea of not listening. Yeah. Nobody is listening to each other. Anybody. And nobody is actually communicating with one not another. At all. Like they are talking to talk mm-hmm. and nobody is receiving the words that right. are coming at them. Yeah. Which is quite timely. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, even like uh, the uh, even the supporting characters that come in, the the big game hunter, all he wants to talk about is the big game thing. Even though Catherine Hepburn has just said he's been mauled by a leopard and doesn't, he can't talk about it. It's yeah. Like, okay. Well, have you been to Africa? Have you a hunt big game? And like, this guy, as far as you know, has had a mental breakdown right. because he was mauled, and you're still talking about yeah. that time in the Sahara Desert. Like, it's it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's so funny. I didn't even think about the idea of that, just not listening to people. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, because you're right. I think that you, there are so many, you know, it's, it's easy for, in this heightened reality, yeah. you, you know, of course nobody's going to just say the, the magic words yeah. and, and clear it all up, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, but, and yet, you know, so much of the way that I think we communicate mm-hmm. now yeah. is just like, I put my tweet out. Yes. And I put it out there and now I'm done talking. Yeah. And then, oh, well, you must hate women because something or or you must something something. Um, and and there's no real listening at all. Yeah, there's no there's no room for um, context or um, nuance. Nuance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But the few times in the movie, though, that people do try to say there's a leopard on your roof. Uh-huh. Everybody assumes the other person is crazy. Right. Which was OK. That scene was not something that I was expecting, but um, basically, okay, yeah, the leopard's on the roof, but how quickly we went from, of course there's not a leopard on the roof to this person is insane. Mm-hmm. I must apprehend her. I must grab her, take her into my house. I, I mean, I just, it was, and then, and then where is Carrie Grant? Fucks right I off. just, yeah, I was like, dude, bro, like, come on, man. And also just happenstance of all happenstance, it happens to be the, the one, the, the, psychiatrist guy from before that right. they stole the purse yes, from exactly. and keep fucking with the whole movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I love just the like every person just all every person comes back in some way and they all end up in the the jail. The, yeah, which it, it feels so the more I think about it the more I'm like god this feels so theatrical to me. Mm-hmm. It feels like such a It's a little Bugs Bunny too. Uh-huh. Like when he when she pretended to be a gangster at the end. <laughs> Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. That was amusing yeah. to watch because I was like, wow, this is a thing that they decided on. Sure. Somebody gave this a thumbs up and was like, great. And she went for it. Yeah. And that was that was endlessly fascinating. Mm-hmm. But also I was like, this is not real life. No. You know? No. Yeah. And the fact that the cop is like, all right, sure. The leopard gang. I think I know that. Yeah. You give us all those names, uh, Susan, the... The, the, what, the grifter or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And I think there's even a quick joke of like, wait a second, you're no lady. Yeah. Like that as if it's like a, a man in a very, very convincing mask or something. Yes. Yeah. Everything is, it's such a, it get, becomes such a cartoon. There's a certain bit in the beginning where it could be a little, a little bit real life and then it, it just flies off the rails. Yeah. And it is well, like 
I will say it's very it's well constructed in a lot of ways. Like I I really enjoyed the um the scene where the family or the four of them are having dinner mm-hmm. at the you know at her aunt's house and and there's all, that sort of like Cary Grant gets up leaves and then you know exactly just around in circles. The dog was really funny. Like watching watching him stand up. Walk around the house, following the dog. Come back, my soup's gone, <laughs> and he's holding the spoon. <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, it's cold." And he's like, "Oh, well." I did, like stuff like that yeah. to me. I was like, "That's really funny." It's really funny. He, I love he forget he drops all social niceties for this. I mean, it is his whole life, and this bone is somewhere on twenty six acres. Yes, you'd probably lose your mind too. Um, but yeah, he just totally drops any attempt at social decorum because he needs money from this woman too. Right. But, my God, it's wild. Yeah, oh it, it is wild. It is wild. What else? So upon, you know, mm-hmm. rewatch, what else stood out to you? Did you notice anything different this time around? Or were you like, oh, that's still my favorite scene? Right. I think I love the running gag of I'll be with you in a minute, Mr. Peabody. Um, and I, I think the best, I think I still think the best, best scene that encapsulate, encapsulates just the snowball effect of mm-hmm. all, just making them both look so stupid, is that that dinner scene at that restaurant mm-hmm. where um, uh, there's the whole the bartender teaches her an olive trick. Um, it he she fucks up. He slips on it, falls on his hat, like and then uh, he fall she follows him, tears her his coat, goes around. They argue tears off her dress and then there's a whole misunderstanding there and then it's almost like a Rube Goldberg sort yes. of thing where just things are knocking over till you get to that, that one bit where they're just walking like in in time together just just to get that one gag. Yeah. Um, there's all these other misunderstandings and gags and, and mix-ups and stuff and I, I just love that mayhem of it all. Yeah. yeah. I um The the slip on the olive was probably my favorite little bit of, mm-hmm. of physical comedy yeah. in the whole movie. Um, just that one and it sounds silly because it's just like it's one, oh, he slips on an olive, okay. But there's always something funny to me about, um, cause it, you know, I, I feel like in our day and age, especially with, you know, Sandra Bullock, um, in the nineties and her heyday did a lot of physical comedy and I think she's actually very good at it. There are a lot of, uh, I would argue there are a lot of actresses who kind of like came after her who were in those same kinds of rom-coms who do the physical comedy, but Mm -hmm. it's not quite as good, Mm -hmm. but there's something to me about slipping and you're, up. Slipping yeah. up. Exactly right. That's exactly. And Michael Sarah does it on Arrested Development yeah. a couple of times, and it makes me laugh out loud it does. every time. It's so simple, but yeah, combining the slapstick with like the very witty dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's but it's hard to do like mm-hmm. that, like you know, because also there are a bunch of bigger falls. Mm-hmm. But for me, for some reason, like the tiny little moments of of that, it's. It's just I don't know. It always stands and out to me. And then there's also a bit like you said, Catherine Hepburn does her fair share too. Like yeah. There's that bit where she falls clean over a tree, like yes. just flips over, and like that, like that could really hurt. They probably did that multiple times. Yeah. Um, that really takes a toll on your body too. I wonder what the agreement was. Like I wonder mm. the conversation of you know how are I'm gonna do? Yeah, and like and and if she was all in. And it was just like, yep, I want to do the biggest, broadest, chaplain yes. style, you know, um, big. Chaplain cha- is absolutely great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if it's, um, or if it was, she had to be talked into it, uh-huh. or I wonder. There's a great drinking game somewhere in there for every pratfall, oh every my misunderstanding, God. every, like all of those tropes. Um, every time the leopard gets switched. Yes. Um, 
I love all just the crazy random happen like happenstance of the leopard came on the same day. Another leopard is here for a circus and is about to be put down. Right. Um, yeah, so good. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah, I just it's 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 so wild. I like I'd love. Well, what is the central? There's no real like I don't know. Is there a theme? What's the central? Is there one central? plot or thing they're trying to say or is it is it just a series of um, misunderstandings and, yeah. and mix-ups that's a good question i mean like i could say you know you can say that the the mission or the thing that they want what do they want well uh C- cary grant wants the million dollars right cary grant wants the money well more and and that but he also wants to be married to somebody he loves right and i think and and i think Catherine hepburn's sort of trying to prove is she, is she trying to prove you don't love this person or more just if I keep you around you, me long enough, you will get like Stockholm Syndrome? So, yeah. You know, actually, I want to dig in. I want to like tear this tear the, or pick this apart a little bit because at the end when she says, oh, David, I love you. David, I love you. And he's like, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. You know, and then she, okay, so fine. They separate. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes back to the Barontosaurus. His his fiance leaves him. Right. And then she comes in. I have the bone. I love you. I'm here. Yeah. I showed up. And he's like, cool, you can leave now. Not interested. Right. She climbs over the thing, crashes the thing he's been working on for four years. Right. And then he's like, okay, fine. I love well, you too. Even before that, she, he also says like, that was the best day of my life, I just yes. realized. Yeah. And, and so I kind of, I will say that not that I question the chemistry. Yes. The chemistry Uh is there. They're they're charming together and apart. But any sort of romantic Mm -hmm. feeling for her. Yeah. There's one line where he says, in moments of quiet, I'm oddly drawn to you, Mm -hmm. which is very beautiful, I thought. But then he follows that with, and there hasn't been a quiet moment since. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. uh, Then there's also a few, because she also keeps saying, like, things of love. I wrote this one down. If I were engaged to you, I wouldn't mind at all. I'd wait forever. And I love that. Like, he's like, she shouldn't mind waiting a couple days. I'd wait for you forever. And I think there's something very cute about that. Um, But even her love for him is also a misunderstanding, because she just keeps messing up his day, happens to run a psychiatrist, relays to him the wrong information, and then he says, well, obviously the conflict is because this person must like you. And then so she takes that just runs with it yeah. for three days straight through Connecticut and, and bogs and stuff all, all day, all week. Um, so does she really even love him or is she just kind of infatuated? I don't, I don't know. It feels to me, well, and you know, it's interesting because I think we're very comfortable seeing male leads yeah. infatuated with the idea of a person yes. and just saying, well, I'm infatuated with you and therefore I love you and therefore I'm going to follow you around yeah. and I'm going to chase you. And, yeah. and, but watching her do it felt really just weird. <laughs> it, felt, it did feel weird. And it reminded me, and uh, listen, this is probably like the, maybe one of the most wild things I've ever said on this podcast, <laughs> but this reminded me a lot of the movie All About Steve. Have okay. you seen that movie with Sandra Bullock and Bradley Cooper? Mm, it seems familiar. So, okay. First of all, you probably haven't because yeah. it's awful. Yeah, It's okay. god-awful. And, <laughs> and it came out the same year that she won the Oscar, okay. and it was, it was her pet project. And listen, Sandy B's my girl. Yes. I love Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Um this was a project that she had been working on for years. Mm-hmm. She saw Bradley Cooper in a movie and said, "Him, I want him for this." Okay. You know, she, she and she plays this character who 
is, um, you know, like Catherine Hepburn is well-dressed uh, in the movie, is well-dressed and rich. Mm -hmm. And so for that reason, she gets away with a lot. Yeah. In All About Steve, Sandra Bullock's character is wearing crazy boots and like a rain jacket and she's not all there uh -huh. and she's not rich right. and she's obsessed with Steve, the local news camera guy. Got it. And Steve's like, listen, I don't even remember her name, but listen, Sandra Bullock, I am <laughs> not interested. Like, yeah. thank you, but no. And she's like, well, actually, um, let." and it's the same thing. Cannot yeah. stop talking. And then hijinks, mishaps, act of God, all this shit. And this is one of the worst reviewed movies really? of not only of Sandra Bullock's career, but of that year. Mm -hmm. It won the Razzie, like she won the Razzie wow. the same year she won the Oscar. It was this one was of those. Baby. This was her baby. And it did not work. Well, now I feel like I need to see it. I mean, if for nothing else than to just go, this is a movie. Yeah, whoops. Yeah. And yeah, and and you know, I think Sandra Bullock is actually because she's my girl and because I do like pay very close attention to her career, I think she's a great producer. Mm -hmm. I like a lot of the content that she seeks out. Yeah. I like the things that her uh, production company makes. And I think that at this point she knows what's going to work and what isn't. Right. And so the fact that this was yeah, her baby and it's a nightmare. And huh. I even like bad Sandra Bullock yeah. movies, you know? I wonder, so I guess the message is that if you're rich and beautiful, you can get away with whatever you want. I mean, do you think, though, that if, like, this had been, you know, like, like if it had been, to use the Chaplin example, you know, Chaplin's often a tramp, the yes. tramp. Yeah. So he's he's broke and he's befuddled, but yeah. he's sweet and he's charming. Yeah. Not a lot of talking, obviously. But, um, but you know, there's something, but he, a lot of his hijinks come because he is poor and not allowed to be where he is. Sure. And for, he's, yeah, he's maybe, like, more of a timid guy. Right. Yeah. But in this situation, because she's rich, yeah. because she has access, because she's well-dressed, because she's a woman. And she's brash. And, exactly. Yeah. She can just be like, oh, I wasn't doing that. Whatever. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and these men don't want to insult her, mm -hmm. um, especially because she's clearly a woman of privilege. Uh -huh. And so so they're like, well, I'm pretty sure you just stole my car. Yeah. And, and she's like, did I? Sorry. Oh, Bye. No, not even, not not even, even sorry. sorry. Just, no, well, no, this is my car. No, if you just pull out a little bit, I'll just, well, oh. Well, okay, well, I will, but that is my car. Like, all right, yeah, whatever, yeah. Yeah. Sure, whatever, and then bye, yeah. It's... Yeah, no, no, uh, like, like, has no regard for, like, public property or other people's things, anything. Like, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. That brontosaurus, like, the car, sure, whatever, but that brontosaurus has got to be just, you can't even put a price to it. You can't, like, how many bones were just shattered right. when she collapsed that whole thing? Not to mention that it was four years, four years of David's work. life. Yes. And, I mean, it's like, like there, there comes a point where you just go, I would be, I would be really mad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not like a super angry person, but mm -hmm. if, if somebody did that, I would just be like, you're a nightmare. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. But for whatever reason. I'll take the million dollars. Yeah. But it, then go. Exactly. Please go. But for whatever reason, it's, it is charming mm -hmm. and he does sort of come around. There really it. is a, a psychological thriller buried somewhere in this film too. Mm. Like most rom-coms. Yeah. 
You know, that's, oh, yeah. so that's something else that's very interesting is like, I love the idea in the last couple of years, especially with, you know, I love editors like cutting together yeah. against genre, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like The Shining as a family, yeah. melodrama. Mary, Mary Poppins Ex- as a horror movie. Exactly. Yeah. But I do, um, when the movie Young Adults came out, I specifically yeah. remember um, Charlize and company saying, no, this is what a rom-com is actually in, in real, real life. life. And it is not charming. No. And it's not cute. It's yeah. actually very dangerous. Yeah, John Cusack, get away from me and your boom, like take that boombox home. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and if, yeah, and, and if Carrie, if the revo- roles were reversed, he, it really would be like Pepe Le Pew in a lot of ways, you yeah. know? I, I don't think I could watch, yeah, some rich, um, ditzy ass- asshole just take leading a, a woman around all day and keeping her in in his house yeah that yeah it would be completely unwatchable yeah yeah it's, it's incredible it's interesting though it's fun to sort of Rufus <laughs> agrees it's fun to sort of think about that though and like kind of play those games in your yeah. head like the movie uh overboard yes is a nightmare and then they tried to make it with the roles reverse and it was, still was a nightmare yes it's a fascinating example because yeah. i i for whatever reason maybe do you think it's maybe because you know that they're married in real life or something oh, like yeah. it maybe subconsciously it's just the movie star effect like you said exactly yeah like because i grew up watching overboard and and i'm very familiar with it and I understand like no that's really messed up but also in the movie it's quite cute yeah and, and like you were teaching this woman a lesson exactly. somehow yeah and she's teaching them a lesson yeah and it's very sweet but also it's very fucked up there was nothing learned at the end of bringing up baby not really that's true I don't think so I yeah I'm trying to except find that a moral. maybe like that his fiance doesn't love him Right, yeah, 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 that you... We learned that. Yeah, we learned that you get pushed around very easily. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we learned that you need to grow a bone, yeah. a backbone, oh, Cary Grant. There we go, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Um, no, but it's a fun... Look, this is... I will also say that this is totally... It was so educational to watch this movie mm-hmm. because it is a template for movies still to this day. Uh-huh. And and even... and to, I'm not trying to pick on Anne Hathaway, but to use that as an example, I remember in some of those rom-coms, it just felt like there was so much physical comedy and I was like, why are they doing this? But to go back and watch this iconic film and be like, oh, there's precedent. There is classic cinematic precedent for not a slip or two, but just falling down all the time. Yeah. And so I think that that's interesting. I, think, I didn't realize. It's definitely a, like a, a course in like how to build a gag. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's, uh, there's so many. I, yeah. If you, if you were to make a drinking game out of this, you would be just blackout. Oh yeah. Yeah. Literally just, there's a misunderstanding or somebody falls. Yes. That's it. You're G- done. Oh, game over. <laughs> game over. Yeah. Halfway through the movie. Yes. I mean, if, yeah. You if drink you a could. light beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while you're doing that. Awesome. Um, all right. So everybody gets the chance to add a movie to the list. Great. Uh, what movie would you add to the list? Um, this was really hard. So I, my first inclination was like, I because I, obviously I just want to talk about like a bad movie because I love those, but sure. I was like, wait, no, this has to be added to the AFI list. This has to be very good. Um, and then originally I was like, well, maybe I should keep in theme, but then I thought, no, let's go totally off. Okay. And I want to talk about Annihilation. Yes. Which was like my favorite, I think most underrated film of last year. Yes. Um, like 
what I would argue is just a true horror film. Mm-hmm. And I say that to a lot of people and they go, well, no, it wasn't horror. And then I break it down for them like, oh, wait, yeah, that was a truly scary film. Yes. Yeah. I think that that is a great choice. It actually just came up on the 2001 podcast, uh, the, or episode that I did, okay. um, with Dave Yaravesky, who is a horror director, yeah. and we were kind of comparing it to Stanley Kubrick's 2001. Ooh, okay. And, you know, in the sense of confident choices, mm-hmm. um, they don't get, do you any favors no. in terms of answering your questions. I love. I love it too. Mm-hmm. And I listen, Alex Garland is, is I'm here for him. Mm-hmm. Like I like his, even the movies he didn't direct, but the movies he's written 28 Days Later, Sunshine, like yeah. so on and so forth. I think he has big ideas. And I like what you say, and I agree with you about it being a horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, especially as a horror fan myself, something that we run into a lot is the idea that you know, um, uh, horror has to be a guy in a mask with a knife chasing people around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a very easy box to put mm-hmm. a genre in. But but frankly, horror and science fiction and fantasy... It's amorphous. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is like true, like cosmic, like body horror, like definitely uh, reminiscent of like H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Um, I was, I kept being reminded of like Under the Skin. Uh-huh. Um, just in that you have no answers. Uh, it is beautiful and just horrifying and there's a lot of just crazy wild imagery yeah um and under the skin i'm never going to get that shot of the the whole body getting stuck out of that guy's skin ever Mm -hmm. i don't even know if i can fully watch that scene again yeah um and then in this the the one scene that really stuck with me was the flower people just because it was it was a perfect like just combination of beautiful beautiful imagery and then just but haunting at the Mm -hmm. same time um yeah, and then I loved watching Tessa Thompson just be so enraptured by these people. Yeah. And then just and then looking at her skin and seeing the grass coming out of it and deciding I have to stay here mm-hmm. and I'm I, there's nothing for me anymore. Yeah. I love that. And watching watching these these women just all slowly unravel like that yeah. is 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 incredible. It's it's a a really really what bizarre film I love it yeah and there's a lot of you know I, I we were talking about this with 2001 and I think it applies like you know um sometimes there's weird for weird sake yeah but then sometimes there's weird or unsettling um intentionally mm-hmm. I am intentionally making a choice that is going to unsettle or rattle you oh, yeah. and I know why and meaning the director or the writer I know why I'm making this choice mm-hmm. it feels confident it doesn't and annihilation to me and actually my boyfriend and I disagreed about this because okay. he he did not he really had trouble with the uh, the third act of annihilation oh. um he and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, which is fair. Yeah. Um, but I was glad, you know, I heard Does he his snap at you. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes, annihilation, please. No, but he uh, he does not snap at me. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I think that um, I would argue that annihilation is an example of a director making a choice and knowing what it all means mm-hmm. um, and saying you figure it out. Yeah. Whereas there are other examples where sometimes you're just like, did you really know what that means? Yeah, did you just do something that you thought would be weird? Exactly. Or cool? Yeah. No, I think everything felt very intentional. Um, it was it was like beautiful. Um, the final confrontation with the the um, the clone yes. um, was like, I had no idea what was going to happen next. Yeah. You know? And it was it was like almost like watching a ballet, but the whole time you're you're just it's, it was hard to breathe. It yes. Felt. Um, 
And no, I just, I feel like I, I love that you never got too close to the characters either to yes. really get what was going on, but you, you had an idea. You could really put things together that way. Um, I love that you never really saw anything but glimpses of the previous expedition. Yes. Um, that that footage on that camera where you see the all the, the, yeah. the intestines that look like eels just through yeah. a, a crappy camera was was I was like, oh, I didn't know what I was getting into, and now I'm really excited. Yeah. I love me some body horror. Yeah. Um, uh, especially when it's like just something like. Something's happening. We don't know why. Yeah. Uh, and we can't stop it. Is there's something so wonderfully uh, scary about that? Um, one of my favorite uh, manga artists, uh, Junji Ito. That's exclusively all he does. Nice. Just bizarre body horror um, obsession sort of film. Uh, I mean uh, stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like one about a town that becomes obsessed with the concept of spirals, and it goes mm. insane. Wow. Um, yeah. That's cool. It's very good. I very yeah. highly recommend his work if you like stuff like Annihilation. Yeah. Um, I haven't read any of the the actual books, though. It's based on a series. Same. And I know that a lot of... I was reading some feedback saying that the books are very different than the movie. Yeah. Which, you know, that's okay. Same thing with Under the Skin. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you... That's why books and... Um, books and movies are different mediums, you know, and and sometimes, you know, maybe it's a bad adaptation, but it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. People say that about The Shining all the time. Like, I am not a a fan of the movie The Shining, but it can be a bad adaptation and a great film that changed everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and the book still exists. And it still provided that scene. Exactly. And Stephen King hates that Yes, he does. He did his own that was not (laughs) Not good good either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's 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 wild. You can totally mess up doing a very faithful adaptation. Right. I think Annihilation is a great choice. Yeah. And um and it's it's one that needs to be talked about more. And I mm-hmm. think I think it will be too. I hope so. I think people will find it mm-hmm. and after they let it marinate for a little while. Yeah. I also also great, great ensemble female cast. Absolutely. You know, and all of them. You know, none of them falling into the trap of being like a what people think of a strong woman character yep. being of they're just strong and that's the trait. Like they were all very fleshed out people. Yes. Um, and they all had their own motivations for going on a suicide mission. Absolutely. And you, I love that you, you explored all that and you saw that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's such a, I don't know, it was such a treat I felt. Yeah. You know. Well, from bringing up baby to annihilation, <laughs> we have covered a lot. All the bases. This is great. Well, I am so glad that you came over and Thank we you. did this. This was so fun. I had such a good time. And I'm glad I finally watched this movie and got to yeah. like talk it out. I and didn't realize you hadn't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, most of the, surprisingly, not surprisingly, sure. but a lot of the movies that are chosen for this podcast I I haven't seen and so it's nice to kind of get to not only to sometimes most of the time people who pick the movie they they have seen the movie before Mm -hmm. sometimes they have it yeah and um we find oh we both really liked this or oh boy oh no we both really did not but you know it's it's fun to to hash it out so I had a great if I do you ever have repeat guests oh yeah okay if I ever come on again I'll try and find something that I I have not seen Ooh, okay that'll be great yes I um yeah I have a handful of people who I think later in the year Uh in the calendar year I might pull them back for another one well I'm always down okay deal done (laughs) all right thank you thank you
Alrighty, friends, that's going to do it for me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sending the Wolf. And if you want more from Zach Ogle, uh, don't miss him on his Reverie Original podcast, uh, We're Not Together with Zach and Haley. Um, and thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and how we connected uh, Bringing Up Baby to the Modern Rom-Com, you're definitely going to enjoy the Thursday Patreon exclusive mini. Um, so if you go over to patreon.com slash clarkwolf, and if you contribute $5 or more monthly, you can uh, get access to those mini episodes and um, this this week's episode is really fun and we absolutely connect the dots between uh, between uh, the modern rom-com and bringing up baby so it's a real fun chat and as always thank you so much for listening thank you for your support and I'll see you next time (laughs) 